right, welcome everybody to episode number four here on Top Qualifier Radio. I am your host, Tyler Dara, and this week I kind of had a little bit of a request from one of my instructors, Mr. Uh, Trent Kling. He told me that uh, maybe people out there would be interested in learning how to get into RC. So I know that there's a couple of people out there, and namely people in my podcasting class that uh, have never gotten into RC, or maybe people on my friends list on Facebook who would love to get into RC, and it's really a very good way to not necessarily ready yourself for big car racing, but if you're into big car racing, you can really be very interested in RC car racing because a lot of the parallels will find each other uh, intersecting between the two as, as far as RC racing goes and as far as big car racing goes. I know a lot of people that I know, uh, namely people like uh, Paul Pattinson uh, on my friends list, a drag racer, he used to race uh, big cars um, at the drag strip, and he also uh, raced dirt oval cars. I know, I know, he doesn't do it too much anymore, but uh, he definitely was a guy who was just kind of a gearhead, just like myself and my dad. Uh, whenever we started, we really just uh, kind of had been into racing our entire lives, and and have found ourselves into a little, little bit less budget um, hobby in RC racing, and that's really what it can be. A, a lot of the same enjoyment factors can be seen out of RC racing as big car racing, um, whether you're a circle track racer, uh, off-road racer, or a drag racer, uh, the same kind of enjoyment can be seen from slot car racing or RC racing. Obviously, we're going to talk about RC racing in this podcast. You know, for episode number one, the actual first episode, we talked with uh, Mike Garrison, a guy who uh, had, used to do motocross racing, uh, his dad dabbled a little bit of RC racing back in the uh, early 90s, and uh, he obviously was in a tragic motorcycle accident, and now, obviously, he's a big-time RC racer. So uh, the same enjoyment can be seen out of the small cars as the big cars, and we're going to talk today about what it actually takes to have a successful racing program and uh, what you should do to start. And, I mean, I think the best way to do this would be to almost – show my background when it comes to racing and RC racing. Um, when I was a lot younger, uh, I was about 10, 11, I started racing dirt bikes. I uh, started out on uh, 65s, moved up to an 85, didn't ever get to uh, the age to ride 125s. I was a little wider uh, and heavier than most of the kids in my weight class, or excuse me, in my age group. So, uh, so it was kind of tough for me to keep up as far as the uh, power to weight ratio goes. But uh, Used to do that. Uh, my dad did a lot of dirt track racing, uh, drag racing. My grandfather was a huge, huge circle track guy and drag tra uh, drag racer back in the day. And I mean, I come from a family that's raced everything from Pinewood Derby, derby cars to uh, to soapbox derby cars to slot cars, RC cars, and then big cars. So uh, and even dogs and pigeons in there. And if you want to hear that story, just uh, message me on Facebook. And I'll be able to tell you those stories. But anyway, a racing family I come from, and uh, we found it. I don't know exactly why. I'm pretty sure the the way I got into RC was I had a kid that lived down the street from me. His name was Cody Crawford. I remember this vividly. He had a Traxxas T-Max. Uh, I don't think they had the 3.5 or 3.3, rather, out at that time. I think it was just the 2.5. And uh, he used to run it up and down the street. And, man, I always wanted to drive it, and I never had – the courage to go up and say, hey, dude, can I drive that car? And I'm sure he would have let me. I mean, he's a really, really cool kid. But uh, nonetheless, um, he used to drive those. And I was like, man, I'm going to get one of those someday. And I think I was about, 
Uh, I didn't have my license yet. I know that. So I was about 13, 14 years old. I go to Hobbytown, um, meet uh, Ken from Hobbytown, Wichita. Huge shout-out to Ken over at Hobbytown. Helped me a lot whenever I started out. A big special thanks to Alan Van out at Hobbytown as well, another guy that really helped me out. But I bought a team-associated GT2. That was my first RC car, hobby-grade RC car I had ever had. I had had multiple, the toy-grade New Brights and all the Walmart cars and Toys R Us cars and everything else like that. Never had a hobby-grade car. First car I get is a uh, 15-size Nitro team-associated GT2, and it had just come out. It was the brand-spanking-new thing on the market. Stadium truck was a huge class. Nitro stadium truck was huge. Wasn't as big as Nitro Buggy or Nitro Truggy at the time, but it was still huge. Anyway, I got the GT2 RTR. I think my mother paid $300 for it. And it came with the radio, the car, uh, painted body, uh, tires, everything that I needed for about 300 bucks. And all we had to do was buy uh, AA batteries for the receiver pack, AA batteries for the transmitter, and nitro fuel. So we got to racing over at Emory Park RC. I used to go out there, um, I would say, two to three times a week. It was a long haul from my house, about a 25-minute drive across Wichita from northwest Wichita to south Wichita to Emory Park. And um, I used to go in there, basically sneak in. Not sneak in. They had a little um, opening that you could get into. And I would just drive the car. And I had no clue how to race. I had never really driven a car on a track before. I just knew that they had a track out there, an off-road track. And I was like, hey, I'm going to try this. So anyway, got my car, drove it in the street, drove it in the grass, drove it on the track, did everything I really could do with it, and then we started racing. Emory Park um, was run by a guy named Kelly. Um, not sure what his last name was. I only know him as Kelly. Um, I remember guys that used to race with uh, Keith West, um, Tom Sade, Alan Van, guys like that, Nick Edgington, another guy out there that we used to race with. Um, but uh, but we got into it. Nitro racing was big back whenever I started. It's kind of died out now, but uh, it was really big back then. I, I think there was about three or four classes in uh in the or three or four cars rather in the class that i was in which is nitro stadium truck there would have been about nine, uh, 10 to 12 in nitro buggy so my class is really small um i think it was me tom say and wally omarad were like the only three people that ever even ran stadium truck at the time but nonetheless we did that we did that for a little bit never won never was very good at it and then somebody said hey come out and bring that nitro truck out we run oval we run dirt oval um out at peabody so me and my dad put a IMCA modified body on the old GT2, go out there with some, uh, I think they were Proline road tracks or whatever the, the, the street tires are, have no tread, all they have is grooves, go out there to the dirt oval and just spin out everywhere, everywhere. And, I mean, it was terrible. So we get the right kind of tires on it, do, do pretty decent in the uh, EDM class out there. This was when Dirt Oval was really just picking back up. Loose Start Dirt Oval was picking right back up. But uh, anyway, did that for a while. Ended up getting a couple electric cars, raced at the uh, raced at HP Hobbies and Hutch, and then uh, took a little hiatus and did some big car racing for a while. Uh, and then now I'm back. Uh, I started back up with a TLR 22 2.0 buggy and a TLR 22 2.0 stadium truck, or excuse me, short course truck. Um, had those for about a month. 
and sold them and got all associated stuff. Now I run a, a uh, AEB6D and a AESC5M, uh, and those are the two cars that I have now. Not really looking to get anything new or uh, get anything else because uh, moving very soon in May. Um, need to see what Hutch is going to do for Oval. Know that they're changing the off-road track to Oval, so it's going to be pretty interesting to see what they're going to do over at that track, but nonetheless, it's going to be a lot of fun when I go over there. Now, for those of you out there who are wondering, what is it going to take for me to get into RC? The first thing that I would do is I would find a YouTube channel such as the RC Network or Short Course World. Jason Snyder has that one. Uh, Rich uh, has the RC Network. Uh, find a channel like that where they do a review of things that are RTR. Uh, I would be looking for, and the best way to get into it would be to get into something like a Traxxas slash, like a low center gravity slash RTR, which would be into a short course truck, two-wheel drive short course, which is kind of taken off uh, for a while. It's kind of slowing down a little bit. A two-wheel drive buggy would obviously be the, the best thing to do, but I don't think that there's any mid-motor um, RTR buggies out there. You'd have to buy a kit and stuff like that. I think the best way to get into um, RC racing is into an RTR. Uh, if you've never had a hobby grade before, go pick up like a um, maybe a Kyosho uh, RB6 ready set. I know they have those out there. Uh, it's a pretty cool little deal. They uh, they give you a transmitter car, uh, ESC motor, brushless everything. Another thing to do is maybe to look at a, a uh, associated SC10 um, ready to run. They come. They have those brushless ready to run. They just put a lipo in them. Uh, they have a 2.4 gigahertz radio. You're not going to want to want to run crystals. Uh, crystals are the little things that used to be able to control somebody else's car with your transmitter. Uh, that's that's a thing of the past now. Everybody's kind of running 2.4 gigahertz, which is what your cell phone or not your cell phone, your wireless home phone runs on. Uh, basically, it means it just kind of hops over all the frequencies. You never get any glitches, or I should say, rarely ever get any glitches. But an SC10 would be what I would recommend. And then go out to a track like Fast Lanes at uh, at uh, in Kansas City and Blue Springs, or a track like Central City Raceway in Joplin, or go to a go to a hobby shop like uh, Blue Sky Hobbies in uh, in Joplin, or PNA Hobbies, which I'm sponsored by here in Pittsburgh. Um, Go to a place like that and tell them, hey, I want to run RC cars. Even if you don't want to race, you can go out and buy a Traxxas Stampede or an ECX Ruckus. An ECX Ruckus has got to be the best bang for your buck as far as entry-level RCs go that I have ever seen. 150 bucks gets you a car ready to go. You just throw it on the charger and you're running. You might not be competitive at the races, but you can learn your wheel skills and stuff like that. Maybe if, if you're like, hey, I want to try it out and then go to racing, that's totally fine. They have novice classes at races. Um, if you've never raced before, you can go um, to a novice class at, uh, at Fast Lane or something like that, Central City Raceway, the outdoor track. Get yourself into the novice class, see what those guys are doing, or even just go to Fast Lane Raceway on a Wednesday or a Saturday night if you want to run off-road, if you want to run on-road, you'll have to look at their website and see. That's another whole deal that I haven't even gotten into is on-road racing that I would love to, to start again. But uh, nonetheless, you just go on a Wednesday night or a Saturday night club race and see what people are running, see what you're going to do, and really just get into it. RC cars can be super fun 
at times. They can be super irritating and aggravating at times. But it's always fun. It's, it's, It's even fun when it's aggravating. When your car's broken, when you have to go buy parts, when you have to fix it, and you miss the main. I, I don't I st- I still have fun when I have races like that and there's others out there that have ridiculous amounts of money in their race programs that just don't have fun whenever things like that happen but I'm just happy to be out there with buddies of mine that I race with on a weekly basis that we're gonna go we're like Sunday we're gonna go all meet up again at uh, uh, Marionville Missouri and race again over at Chad Noble's place um, gonna be a hell of a time over there but I mean it's it's really a fun sport to get into it's a thing you can do with your kids if your kids can't drive if they're not old enough i've seen kids as young as three and four years old wheeling the piss out of a rc car on a racetrack i know there's a guy that we race with brad brad goulet who his son isaac is unbelievable he turns the endpoints down his car goes really slow but the kid sits on the driver's stand and just wheels the hell out of the car all the way around the track Rarely ever crash. I mean, he never crash. He he hits pipes, obviously, but he rarely ever crashes or rolls over because he's going so slow. But he's he's able to get around the track, and, and in in a year or two years, that kid is going to be dead nuts when it comes to racing. And it's because he's getting started at an early age. And I mean, another guy that we race with, Dustin Hamilton, he he has a family affair as well. He races with his daughter, and I mean, his daughter is unreal at racing. At uh, I think thirteen years old, I if I'm not mistaken. I know Dustin. If you listen, tell me if I'm wrong. Pretty sure she's 13 years old. Very good racer. Uh, competes at the in in the B and A mains at the uh, at the regional races around, and uh, has does a very good job. But I mean, it really can be a family affair. I mean, my dad never raced. He he would always um, say, "Oh, I don't really want to drive because I think he was scared to go out there and and look bad." And I mean, I'm not I don't blame him or anything like that. But I mean, he always funded our race program and. It was just a great time for me and him to bond. I mean, we yelled at each other all the time as far as the car goes. I mean, big surprise to those guys who know me out there. Um, but it was always fun. And my my best advice to you, the listener out there who maybe wants to get into RC, is to go to a race and just watch. Go to a race and watch. See what people are doing. See what people are running. You can see guys that are spending upwards of $2,000 per car have $500 radios and all this stuff. But you can also see the guy out there who's got an RTR car with maybe a LiPo and maybe an upgraded combo uh, as far as brushless motor and ESC goes, and they're just having a hell of a time. I mean, it doesn't take an exorbitant amount of money to race RC cars. I am on a college budget, and I'm able to fund a very competitive race program. I, I, my equipment, I bought a used Futaba 3PK that I run, 2.4 gigahertz, old school spectrum module. I love it. It's beefy. Everybody hates it except for me. I love it. Anyway, I don't care if you like it or not because I love it. Um, I run an SC5M that I bought used for about 150 bucks. basically. I have a B6D that I bought for about $200, and I have all of the electronics in those, which I probably have a couple hundred bucks wrapped up into electronics into those. But I, I can count on one hand maybe the, the amount of things I bought new. You don't have to go out there and buy the brand new thing out there. Maybe go on RC Tech if you want to. If you want to race, go on RC Tech. See what they got on there for used cars. Maybe you find a car that's ready to go. You could find a very competitive B6D on there that's ready to go for about three hundred fifty bucks. That's pretty doggone cheap when it comes to a a competition level. I mean, when you get a slash or an SC10, 
you can make it competitive, but you're probably not going to be competitive in the long run against the guys that run in mid motor cars and and the in the Kyoshos and in the in the in the in the low season the associates and stuff like that. But you can buy a used car off of somebody and be competitive and be unbelievably fast with a very short amount of money. I bought my charger used. I bought my batteries used. I bought everything used. I really, the only thing I've ever bought new has been parts that I break and bodies. That's literally about it. So, I mean, my best advice to the guys out there that are big car racers that really are just looking for something to do in the offseason Go buy an RC car. I know most of the guys that are racing big cars have some money to blow. Go maybe put it on a credit card or, or go to Tower Hobbies and get the easy pay. Do whatever it takes. But go buy an RC car. Go drive it with your kids. Have fun. And then go to a racetrack and maybe put that thing on the track and see how you can do. And, I mean, you'll get hooked just like I did. I, I got out of it completely. I, I had nothing. And now I've gotten all the way back into it after getting out of slot car racing and and, I mean, if I ever move to a place that's very close to a slot car track, I'll probably go slot car racing again. So, I mean, guys, it's it's incredibly fun, super easy to do. Go out there, drive a car, maybe go find a buddy who has one, see what you can do to drive his, but do it. Because it's fun. It's unbelievable. It's, it could be a family affair. You can do whatever you want to do when it comes to RC racing. And you'll rarely ever, if ever, get hurt at it rather unlike big car racing well guys once again I want to tell you thanks for listening here at the top qualifier radio i'm your host tyler dara don't forget to subscribe on google play music as well as itunes and um listen to me basically every other week we put these podcasts out appreciate you guys listening if uh, you have a suggestion send me a facebook message at tyler dara d-a-r-r-a-h or uh, tweet me at TopQual, Q-U-A-L, radio, and uh, tell me what you want to hear about next week. But once again, guys, hope you like this uh, newbie podcast, and hope you guys go out there, teach your friends about RC racing, and bring somebody new to the track. Well, guys, stay up, uh, shiny side up, and uh, we'll see you in a couple weeks. Bye-bye.